That was the Sunday Goodbye. Escape. Stay classy. RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The top stories. Voters in West Kowloon are electing a new lawmaker to replace the disqualified Lao Siulai. Poll organizers say they've received 15 complaints about the ballot so far. The Secretary for Labor and Welfare admits past government efforts to fight poverty have failed to show results, but says new subsidies will work. And in Taiwan, President Tsai Ing-wen stands down from the leadership of her Democratic Progressive Party after defeats in key elections. Voters are heading to the polls in Kowloon West in a by-election for the seat held by Lao Siulai before she was disqualified over the way she took her LegCo oath of office. As of 12.30 p.m., 14.2% of voters had cast ballots. That's up slightly on turnout at the same stage in March's by-election. Two veteran pandems are fighting for the seat, but observers say it's likely to go to the pro-government candidate. Damon Pang has the story. With Lao Siulai barred from the race because of her past advocacy of self-determination for Hong Kong people, she's hoping voters will back fellow Labour Party member Lee Chek Yan instead. But another former pro-democracy lawmaker, Frederick Fong, is also in the race as an independent after disagreeing with the decision to have Mr Lee as the backup for Ms Lau. The infighting has left a once-united camp divided, and observers say that makes newcomer Yan Chan the front-runner in a by-election. A former TV reporter and political assistant, she has the backing of the pro-establishment camp. If Ms Chan wins, the camp will keep its majority in the directly elected seats, something that's enjoyed since a total of six pro-democracy councillors were disqualified over botched oaths. If the pandems retain the seat, though, they'll also get back their veto power in the council. Two other candidates, Ntek Hei and Judy Zhang, are trying to break the mold of yellow versus blue, saying they want to focus on livelihood issues. Polling stations close at 10.30 tonight, and results expected to come in several hours later. The Electoral Affairs Commission chairman, Barnabas Fung, says the authorities have received 15 complaints so far about the by-election. They involve election advertising and canvassing in restricted areas. But Justin Fung said voting was going smoothly overall, and he appealed to people to cast their votes. Asked whether it's against election regulations for rival candidates to share staff, Justice Fung said he wouldn't comment on individual cases. As to the appointment of agents by candidates, we have no restriction as to what persons they uh, appoint, except I think they have to adults, not children. And then if there were special uh, complaints, then we will look at the matters and deal with it uh, on the facts. And I cannot give any uh, general comment as to the appointments of agents. Earlier media reports say a member of candidate Frederick Fung's staff was also working for rival Yan Chan. Mr. Fung has reportedly denied the allegation. The Secretary for Labor and Welfare, Lo Chi Gong, has admitted that post-government efforts to alleviate poverty have failed. Some 1.37 million people lived in poverty in 2017, according to figures released recently by the government's Poverty Commission, the highest total in nine years. Mr. Law told a radio program that new allowances for elderly people and working families rolled out earlier this year should have a positive effect. Asked whether the government should consider household spending patterns in assessing poverty levels, Mr. Law said a survey would be carried out next year. We would have some data by the end of 2020 to look at how expenditure affects the livelihood and see how we can incorporate such data to look at the poverty situation. 
Uh, we don't have year-to-year -year data for expenditure, but uh, the expenditure survey done every five years will give us some hint to understand it. Political commentator Chris Young has called on the SAR government to do more to convince the international community that one country, two systems is not under threat. Speaking on RTHK's letter to Hong Kong, Mr. Young said some Western countries had raised concerns about the erosion of autonomy here. He said it's meaningless for the Carrie Lam administration to simply dismiss these concerns. A spate of political controversy over Hong Kong's one country, two systems unfolded in recent months shows doubts and anxieties in the past about the post-1997 political framework have won deep in both the local and international community. That was true before 1997. It still rings true in 2018. Both the central government and Hong Kong leaders need action and patient explanation to convince critics and convert doubters. Blunt with bite-toed and flat denial loaded with bias and prejudices will be counterproductive. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. Voters in Taiwan have rejected same-sex marriages despite a ruling by the island's top court last year that a ban on such unions was unconstitutional. The BBC's Michael Bristow reports. Taiwan appeared to be on course to become the first place in Asia to legalise same-sex marriages. But over recent months, there's been a backlash against the move and conservative groups got enough signatures to hold a referendum on the issue. Initial results suggest the vote against same-sex marriages received overwhelming support. Rights groups said it was a bitter blow, but it's unclear how the result will affect last year's court ruling. One possible outcome could be that gay couples are given legal protection, but not allowed to get married. Another referendum proposing to change the name under which Taiwan competes at international sports events failed to pass. Meanwhile, Taiwan's president, Tsai Ing-wen, has stepped down as the leader of the independence-leaning Democratic Progressive Party after it suffered a series of defeats in local elections to the opposing Kuomintang. Tsai made her announcement at a, at a brief news conference. First of all, I need to take full responsibility for the result in today's municipal elections. Effective now, I resign as chairwoman of the Democratic Progressive Party. Our efforts were not enough, disappointing our supporters who gave their all. I also want to express once again our deepest regrets. The British Prime Minister, Theresa May, has made a direct appeal to the public excuse me, to support the Brexit deal she's negotiated with the European Union. As she struggles to win backing from lawmakers, Mrs May has written an open letter urging people to get behind the agreement. The letter comes ahead of an EU summit today, which is due to approve the Brexit deal. More from the BBC's Alex Forsyth. With plenty of critics in Parliament, the Prime Minister is now pitching her Brexit deal directly to the public. In a letter to the nation, she says it delivers on the referendum result for both Leave and Remain supporters. And exit day in March next year will be a moment of renewal and reconciliation for the country. After having to give guarantees to Spain about the future of Gibraltar, Theresa May insists the deal will work for the whole of the UK and its overseas territories. The English director, Nicholas Rogue, has died. He was 90. His films included Don't Look Now and the 70s cult classic performance, which starred Mick Jagger. Sport, South American football officials have postponed one of the biggest matches in Argentina's history after a bus carrying one of the teams was attacked by rival fans, injuring several of the players. 
The final of the South American Club Championship, the Copa Libertadores, was due to take place between two rival clubs from Buenos Aires, Boca Juniors and River Plate. The game will now be played at 5 p.m. local time. That's 4 a.m. tomorrow, Hong Kong time. The head of the South American Football Federation, Alejandro Dominguez, said neither club wanted to play in these conditions. Unfortunately, we're in a situation because of a few unhinged people who don't understand what sport is, that this isn't football. Football's entertainment, peace. And there's a call from both clubs, a gentleman's agreement, that the match has been ruined and that in these conditions, one team can't play and the other club doesn't want to win like that. To golf and the Hong Kong Open is into its final round. With the latest from Fan Ling, here's Adam Jung. Well, the umbrellas are out here in Fan Ling, and the overnight leader, Aaron Rye, still holds a commanding advantage. His closest challenger, Matthew Fitzpatrick, birdied the first two holes to start the final round, but Rye responded with birdies on holes three and four to go 18 under par, and he's now leading by five shots. Sergio Garcia and Tommy Fleetwood are tied for third at 11 under, with Jason Scrivener now a further shot behind. It'll be interesting to see if anyone can make a run and put some pressure on the leader under these wet conditions. Aaron Rye, of course, is going for his first victory on the European Tour, and he'll have to earn it by keeping his focus playing under the rain. Reporting live at the Hong Kong Open, I'm Adam Jung. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Voters in West Kowloon are electing a new lawmaker to replace the disqualified Lao Siulai. Poll organizers say they've received 15 complaints about the ballots so far. The Secretary for Labor and Welfare admits past government efforts to fight poverty have failed to show results, but says new subsidies will work. And in Taiwan, President Tsai Ing-wen stands down from the leadership of her Democratic Progressive Party after defeats in key elections. That ends the news from RTHK. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a journey by a journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value, and a new experience.
Laura. 